Blog Talk Radio. Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson, matchmaker, author, life coach, tarot reader, energy healer. (laughs) I'm a Gemini and I've got a lot of fairy energy. So um, today I've got another uh, Gemini uh, gal pal that's going to join me, my friend Tony Green, and we're going to talk about relationships and love. We are both intuitive, psychic, mediums at times, connecting in with past loved ones. Tony's more of a a medium than me. I do sometimes uh, loved ones that have crossed over pop into my readings and I can see them and and, uh, describe them and everything. That's always really exciting. That's a skill that I'm kind of honing. But I want to um, pull pull a a card to start us off with, with the energy here, because we're going to be talking about, and Tony's going to join us in a little bit, but we are going to be talking about love, relationships, dating. Um, Tony and I are women of a certain age. You know, we're no longer in our 30s or 40s, let's put it that way. And it can be different um, at this age. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but sometimes it doesn't feel so different. Sometimes it feels like we're like like we're almost, we're in high school or something because these same these same uh, issues come up. Um, so I'm going to pull a card to start us off with the energy. Storm spirit comes in, and that card says chaos. <laughs> Wolf spirit comes in with with. Uh, uh, um, yeah, okay, Tony's just texting me. Wolf spirit comes in with family, and then we've got the maple spirit, generosity. So this is a really beautiful, like, um, like forest card, like fairy forest, all of that. So the storm spirit, when that comes in with chaos, it's this image of these trees and these, this lightning and all of this. Um, uh so doesn't it feel like chaos sometimes? It feels like, I mean, I've dealt with, you know, I coach and I, when I give my readings, women will call me and they will be in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And, and it seems like we are reverting back to when we were in our 20s almost with that chaos of is, the, is he going to call? What is he thinking? Does he want to be in a relationship? Uh, this kind of energy about it. And I am really... This is my mission in life, you ladies out there, okay? So, um, and I wanted to, I have a new coaching program that I'm developing right now that is going to be so kick-ass for this, this type of thing. And so go to my website, MarlaMartinson.com, and uh, get on my newsletter. I only send one out about once a week or every 10 days. I'm not going to bombard you or anything, but get on there and you'll get a free um, uh, also download a high-frequency meditation that I did that but you'll be so you'll be notified when I am rolling this out because uh, what I, what we really got to clear up and get clear with ourselves is well number one boundaries uh, we want to also conquer our codependence codependency which I'll talk about a lot and sometimes we might think well I'm not codependent but the codependency can kind of pop up in different ways and it's what it really is is it's letting Ourselves be consumed or controlled by someone else's behavior. Um, oh, my, I think this, sorry, you guys, my necklace is winding into my microphone here. Okay. Codependency is letting ourselves be consumed or controlled by someone else's behavior. It's also the way we try to manage someone else's consequences, actions, and reactions. It's looking to someone else to emotionally regulate you, not knowing your own mood until you find out the mood of others around you. 
Uh, it can be checking the emotional temperature of others before you check your own emotions. It's also a way that we take responsibility for other people, for their experience, emotion, behavior that's beyond our scope. And it's, it's really a learned behavior, sort of an entrenched pattern that becomes a strategy that we adopted in childhood by walking around on eggshells, checking in with the feelings of others, and then acting accordingly. So this is when we start distancing ourselves from our own feelings, and we package ourselves to be digestible to others. And so when we are thinking, well, why isn't this man, we had a great date, or we've been seeing each other for a while now, he's ghosting me, or he's not calling, or he didn't text, or he said he would, or what is he thinking? And so we are like, what can we do to be digestible to somebody else? What can we do to get this person back? Why are they distancing themselves from us? Instead of checking in with ourselves, what do we want? What do we deserve? Who are we? What kind of life do we have? Are we already happy without having some man who is wishy-washy and in and out and doesn't know what he wants and treats us, you know, half-assed, you know, respectfully? Instead of grasping for that, we are so in love with our own life and knowing, so grounded in knowing what we want and what we deserve that that won't even matter. You know, yeah, may hurt, may think, God, we, I thought we really clicked, that he was so much fun. But in the end, it's like trying to grasp or get someone to like you or come back to you or why they, oh, they went back to their ex, but maybe they'll break up what's going on over there. It never worked before. Maybe it won't work and he'll come back. Do you want to be second choice? Do you want to be an option? And so um, this goes as well, you know, applies in business, in friendships, in life in general. You're not an option. So you are, and, and you are your own soulmate. You are your own best friend. You are your own. That's when we're getting into this very powerful and strong space that we're in. But with a, with a lightness of being, we don't have to be ball breakers and in our masculine and, you know, oh, well, you know, you MFR and, you know, I, I, a woman told me that recently, yeah, you screw him, you know, and, and that doesn't feel good, does it? You know, because if, if somebody walks away, well, go enjoy that. If somebody, I was listening to, a, 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 I love channelers, you know, channeling spirit guides. And this one woman was ch- channels a, a group of, of uh, spirits and they said, Hey, if, if, you know, somebody steals your, you know, your wife or your girlfriend or your, you know, lover, whatever, well, enjoy them. Enjoy them, right? Go enjoy them. I mean, and it's not so, it's, it's easier said than done to, uh, you know, say it's not going to hurt like hell. But we're not going to go chasing and grasping and begging. We're not going to be on our knees. We're not going to be, um, and we may have to go through some stuff. I've been through stuff where I was pissed off and I needed to, you know, get rid of the gifts that that person gave me. I needed to smash some things, you know. I needed to rearrange my furniture. I needed to open the windows and sage and get the energy out and and change things around so that I'm not reminded of the time. You know, you need to do what you need to do, but this was all within me. It was within me and what I needed to do to change up the energy, to get get myself where I needed to be, uh, get at, you know, you might want to scream into a pillow. You, you might want to cry for a week and then you're, you're grounded and you're, you're, it's, it's all about you though. You know, it's not that we're emotionless robots. We, we definitely feel the feelings, but we are not, you know, demanding of someone that they, they, they be with us and, and putting out that desperate uh, kind of energy. So, you know, life on the other side of conquering codependency, it's living on your own terms making decisions based on what you need or want or think in integrity with your truth, not giving in, acquiescing, or accommodating out of fear, knowing that someone else's response to your truth is not your responsibility to manage, even if it's upsetting to them. So let's say you wanted somebody's you know, wants to date you and they keep pushing and you really like them, but you know, there's, you may have some non-negotiables. There are, there are, a couple of basic non-negotiables that I have, and I'm not going to share them. They're very personal, but uh, that sounds kind of funny how they're, they're too personal to share, but, but I have a couple non-negotiables that it's, it's, 
No, it's just like, no, you could be the most amazing person in the world, but if these two things don't, are, are not aligned with me, then, then I can't be in a romantic life partner relationship. It certainly could be friends. And, uh, and you may have to say it in a loving way. And then if they're upset, um, you know, they're an adult. So they can, we have to be tactful. We have to learn how to do that properly. But, but uh, we can do that in, in many ways. Or if somebody, maybe you have a friend who is always uh, um, negative, and you're like, look, I can't, I can't be taking this in constantly, and they're texting you or leaving you voice stuff or whatever it is, and it's very, very negative, and, and you don't want that in your energy field, and you might have to say it uh, nice, you know. But, that, but how they take that is their responsibility to manage. So it begins with checking in to ask yourself, what do I want? What do I need? What do I think? What do I feel? These are the most important questions you can ask. So when you find yourself asking, if you're, if you're wondering and asking yourself, well, what do they want? What do they need? How are, how are they feeling? How are they taking that in? Rain it back in so you don't betray yourself. And you can't get your needs met if you're not willing to actually name them and claim them. And I'm not saying that you only consider yourself and disregard everyone else. I'm just simply inviting you to give yourself permission to consider you and your own needs at least as much as you're considering everyone else. And then ultimately before you consider everyone else. So it's putting yourself first. It's it's putting yourself first. Okay, guess what, you guys? Tony is here, and I'm going to bring my friend Tony Green on. Hey, Tony. Hey, Marla. How are you? Great. Thanks for popping in with me. I know you had another show, and um, I was just ta- I was just talking about codependency and being so grounded and in love with our own lives and knowing what we want instead of waiting for that person out there to decide if they're going to be with us. And especially women over, you know, over 40, maybe we're in our fifties or sixties and beyond. And I, and it feels like, don't you notice like when uh, you're talking to people and coaching and giving readings and things that women, even when we're getting to a certain age, it can feel like we're almost in, in our twenties again with some of the, the chaotic uh, energy around dating. So I'd love to hear your, your viewpoint on that. Oh my gosh, there's there's so much, Marla. So first and foremost, um, one of the things that I always um, experience with readings, and first, thank you for having me on the show. I, I did just finish my call-in yes. show, so and I told if and I told everybody to... I told everybody who you are before you before the show. So, oh, <laughs> excellent. Um, so here's one thing that women say to me more often than men. I'll, I'll tell you the difference when I have a male client and a female client. And it's really okay. important. Women are brought up with a completely different perspective on dating men and uh, relationships than men are. So men aren't brought up with the idea that they're supposed to grow up, get in a relationship, and have children and keep the lineage going. Women mm-hmm. are more geared, especially if you're a little bit more mature in age. You you were brought up at a time when there weren't as many advantages for women being in the workplace or whatever it is. Even if there were, um, mm-hmm. and you, but you were still brought up to 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 be the wife and to be the mother. Yeah. And if you had a job or a career, that was okay. But you you really were. So one of the questions that I hear a lot from women is, and it can be a first date before they even go out on the first date, is he the mm-hmm. one? And I'm, I'm going to say there's yes. nothing wrong with this question. Okay. I'm going to say yeah. there's nothing wrong with this question because a lot of us, and it, yeah. I'm going to be fair and say even 20-year-olds or 16-year-olds will say, oh, my gosh, I think he's the one. He's the one I'm going to marry. But we... Women are brought up on fairy tale culture. Also, men aren't reading Cinderella to their boys. Moms are right. reading Cinderella 
to their girls, like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet the prince, and we're going to live happily ever after. Um, but first yeah. I'm going to have to go through all this torture from all these people to get to him. Um, yeah. But women are totally brought up in, even even in today's culture, you're supposed to still be the mom, still be the wife, but now you're also supposed to add to that, like, a full-on career just like the man. No longer like yeah. the uh, just the working, you're supposed to be the doctor, you're supposed to be the lawyer also. But women, especially who have dated for a little while, they're just exhausted of dating. And some men are, mm-hmm. too, I want to be there. So, yeah. And the, when, dating for women is very different than dating for men, which you know, Marla. So when women yeah. go out on a date, it's more of, does he want me? Does he like me? Uh, waiting for that man's approval because in in our culture, in our generation, men get to decide on the second date, the third date. Mm-hmm. Women aren't at the yeah. end of the date saying, yeah, this was good. I'll, I'll call you and we'll set up another one and leaving the man <laughs> right. But, but right, the man right. has the power to do that. So the power dynamic, no matter what women say, the power dynamic today is still a power dynamic where men hold the reins. And they really, on that first, second date, they really do decide. And, and women are kind of waiting for the approval, like, okay, yes. He liked me enough for that second date. Okay, and where is this yeah. going to go? And as soon as we get that approval of the second date, we're like, oh, so he does like me. It feeds that dopamine, right? That little, oh, mm-hmm. somebody liked me, somebody approved of me, where we have to go into it now, not trying to take the power, but men. Now, here's the difference with a man on a first date, a second date, okay. and a third date. They are okay. interviewing us. They're ready to buy or pass on. Yeah. And I cannot yep. be more clear about yep. that. Men will yeah. look at us and when I say this, don't don't think of today's pop culture statement for this. Because I'm gonna mm-hmm. say, I'm gonna say this word and everybody's gonna go, I'm so sick of hearing that word as it mm-hmm. pertains to people. But listen to it mm-hmm. as it pertains to the way a man looks at his future person. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're looking at us the way they look at a business, and they say, how much value does this business hold for me? Am I going to get a return? And that return doesn't mean financially. It means, am I going to get a happy home? Am I going to get somebody who's, who's yeah. willing to be in it for the long haul? Am I in it? Is this person going to fulfill my needs? What needs will they fulfill? So after a first date, a guy might look at a woman because he doesn't bring his hormones and emotions to the table. He doesn't have mm-hmm. estrogen flowing through him going, oh, does he like me? Oh, my God. <laughs> he has pure testosterone, no emotions, pure logic jumping yeah. on this going. And he's, he's looking at it going, she's hot, I do her. Right. Okay. But right. does she have a mother quality? Does she have a wife quality? Men, most men that are put together, they don't care if you're going to work or not. They don't care if you have money or not. I've seen men literally want to be with the cashier at the local grocery store because she has those qualities of being able to take care of certain things that that particular person is looking for. Mm -hmm. And these these are like men who are... I mean, not that uh, these are men who are who are somewhat successful in their own careers, okay? Mm-hmm. But what they're looking yeah. for is they have certain boxes and certain mm-hmm. things in those boxes. And if you don't fill those boxes, you just don't make it to round two. Now, round one can be dating and sex. Round two is yeah. getting serious. And let's yeah. be clear about that. And I've had to say this to a lot of people. Sex for men does not go love. Just because they're laying it down and laying it in you doesn't mean yeah. they want to keep you. And a uh, lot of that women. That is so, so important because we equate sex with love. Oh, he must love me. We do. And because... when I was, when I was, yeah, go ahead. 
I, I'm going to say this ahead, really sir. quick, too, because the difference is men have an external unit. We have an mm-hmm. internal unit. In order for us to, for a lot of us, in order for us to allow sex, we're allowing somebody, we're trusting some somebody to put something in our body. We are literally mm-hmm. saying, listen, I'm either very lustful or I'm very loving, mm-hmm. but I trust you to put that in my body and not harm me right now. Once we mm-hmm. do that, know, whether we know that's what we're doing or not, we have connected and bonded. Now, men, and I hate to say this, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not slamming you men, because if I were a man, I'd be putting it everywhere. <laughs> Let's see how this vacuum <laughs> cleaner works. I, if I were a man, I'd be experimenting, and I'd be writing a book about it. And I'm so happy this is over the phone, and people cannot see my face because I'm super red right now in the face saying that. But men will literally... And if you don't know this exists, men will literally put their ding-dong through a hole in the wall, not knowing what's on the other side of it, and this is a real thing, mm-hmm. and let whatever's on the other side of it take care of it. They don't even have right. to see that. It's so detached for men. And that's one yeah. thing women don't always get. Plus, there's the three-sex rule. The, by the third time. Whether you want yep. to or not, you might think this person is completely beneath you, disgusting, a liar, uh, whatever. <laughs> but by the third time you are having sexual intercourse with this person, you have bonded with them knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah. Because every time in a woman, those hormones release, and there we are. So women, going yep. back to where this began, women... When we start dating on that first mm-hmm. date, we have to do it as an interview process. Like we are go- asking them, like if we have a business, and I say this on my show all the time, if you have a business and you you are a business, you, Marla, your body's a business, you're a mm-hmm. business, I'm a business, mm-hmm. and I'm inviting somebody to be a partner in my business, not to take over my mm-hmm. business, we have worked however long to create this business that we have, whether you're 16 or, or 60, you have worked mm-hmm. to create this business. Now, you're taking on a partner, not somebody that's going to come in and tell you what to do with your business, not somebody who's going to mm-hmm. come in and take over your business, not somebody who's going to come in and just use your business and forage it for everything that it has and then walk out. You're not going to hand mm-hmm. over the bank bank statements or the the debit card or credit cards to your business or the account numbers or give them the key and let them come in and take what they want and walk out if you had a physical mm-hmm. business. You don't do the same thing with a man. Before you hire an employee for your business, you make them fill out an application. You make them fill out mm-hmm. paperwork. Yep. You do a background yep. check on them. Why are we not thinking that way when it comes to men? Because we have this, no matter what your age is, we have this like, oh, I'm going to meet this man, and he's going to be the one, yeah. and it's going to be that great Hallmark movie story. No, no. Even those Hallmark yeah. movie stories, they always have that messed up <laughs> twist in it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Mar- Marla, there you go. <laughs> oh, so true. When I was dating in my 30s, I remember I uh, hormones were running strong then. I think it's it's like I think the 30s for women is very, I mean, even sometimes more than the 20s. And uh, maybe it's because it's like, oh, if you're going to have kids, this is your last chance. Let's get these hormones blood right. in the body to get you out for having sex or something. So. I and I would make out with I meet a guy and would make out and it was just the, for me it was like oh it's so romantic he's so hot this is so phenomenal he's he's got and then wonder why they never call you back it's like but it was so good why didn't he want to do that again with me why wouldn't he have just been calling me the next day why wouldn't he be and and it happened you know more than once oh my know they were not. So, all right, what do you have to say and with that one? The detachment, right? The, the and detachment. Well, and here's the thing, Marla. We can connect with somebody and we can have a really amazing physical 
connection. You're right. We can we can meet mm-hmm. somebody and we can take out and we can be in this little bubble of energy that's all mm-hmm. these uh little love things, what we think is love going on and what they're thinking is, Oh my God, this chick is so hot and look at what's going yeah. on. Look this is such a good moment. Now I'm gonna say this again, the fantasy can never live up to the reality. Now, when a guy, when you meet a guy and you make out, I'm not saying it never works out. Sometimes it does. But yeah. even if a guy's hot, and especially right. if a guy is hot, we yeah. have to really back off and keep our common sense about us. Because sometimes we think when we feel that energy that it must be, and maybe they feel the energy, mm-hmm. but again, that's coming into mm-hmm. it in a totally logical way and unattached to it where mm-hmm. we're yeah. so attached to that the feeling emotional part of it they're attached to the feeling physical part of it mm-hmm. which is a complete difference. Yeah. and I will say this it's very it's very different in your 30s than in your 20s than in your 40s the different stages for women and men and in the 30s men are pretty much at the height of their testosterone too so we're Mm -hmm. really attracted to that testosterone that they have and the testosterone Mm -hmm. is what makes us believe listen to that verbiage makes us believe Eve, that they will be a good provider. They will right. keep us safe and secure because they have yeah. so much testosterone. Right. And that is what we're attracted to. Even in today's world, no matter what age you are, we go for those men that still have all that testosterone because in history, testosterone-driven men are the ones mm-hmm. who could go out and hunt and build the home, mm-hmm. right, and protect us and the yeah. family yeah, because they had all that yep. testosterone. And that's what we're being drawn to in the man. Now, we also want to take a step back and say, does this person have character? And going back to you are a business again, will they steal from my business? Are they planning to just oh. use me for my business? Are they planning right. to invest long-term and help me build my business, meaning you as a person, are they invested in who I am and what I have and they're going to build a future with that? Or are they just like riding the wave and they're going to be gone to the next person? Are they, are they having, you know, a couple of people we want to back off until we can judge their care, the content of their character as well as their ethical behaviors Uh and you don't get that within the first two dates of a man because men are trained in business and they are trained growing up to keep their emotions and their feelings hidden and they can they can Mm -hmm. keep they can be very stoic and where women a lot of times everything is out in the open men are behind and it takes a while to see their true character and their ethics, and that's what we're really after, okay? That's what yeah. we are really after. Well, and this, this, uh, these hormones are no joke because I, I watch on YouTube. I'm fascinated by these, this trans thing, all these young women wanting to be tr- turn into a man, and so there's a lot of detransitioners when they realize, well, this wasn't what really what you know, was this issue. And so, but they talk about, these young women talk about how once they've started putting testosterone into their bodies, uh, I, one woman was saying, well, uh, I, the rate, the anger that it was making me, and she says, I couldn't cry anymore. I, re- I couldn't cry. I couldn't, uh, it, w- it just made me so much more uh, aggressive and angry and that it was it just overwhelming. And, and uh, so I was like, so I, I don't think we realize just because we just go along our lives, we don't really think about that. That's what really makes us vastly uh, different. And um, I, a friend of mine, too, a male friend, is like, he says, I, I don't 
I mean, I don't cry. I men don't cry. I never cry. I didn't even cry when my dad died. I didn't cry. You know, they just don't. And me, and when I was going through my divorce, and he was a good friend and there for me, I mean, I cried and cried and cried. I literally cried uh, for over a year and a half every single day. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't. I'd walk in a store and I'd smell the smell of the store that, you know, we went in that store together. It was the same smell. It was the same this, that. And cry and cry and 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 he was like, what what's wrong with you? Why why are you just crying and crying? And it's like it's a release. I'd go in yoga and and do these moves, and it would bring out emotions from my organs and my cells of my body. And I would cry and release. And there's no way he would, you know, if you break up with somebody, it's just gonna, you know, whatever. I mean, not maybe go for a, a run. I, I don't know. These they're not gonna be. Not that they never cry, but it's so different. It's just so different. It is yeah. the way, and and that to realize um, we can't expect men to react and act the same way we do because they're not made mm-hmm. the same. You know, if you mm-hmm. want someone to cry with over a relationship, go to your female friends. You know, you can tell yeah. me your story, Marla, and I will literally start crying with you because I can feel your pain. <laughs> I can yeah. feel how traumatic that was to you. But if you if you are telling a man and you're expecting him to cry, chances are he's not going to because he doesn't have like the testosterone or the the chemical makeup of his being is so different than the chemical mm-hmm. makeup of your being. And a lot of women will pull this move, and I'm just going to tell you, do not pull it. Do not pull this move. A lot of women will pull the move of, well, then I'll go find somebody else or well, fine, if you don't want me, don't, 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 don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't do that because what we're wanting the guy to do and what the guy is going to do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put it to you this way, we want the guy to okay. respond emotionally like, oh, my God, I can't lose you. Don't go, please don't go. Right. That's the way we would respond. In turn, the guy is filled with testosterone and already stressed, and he's going to be like, Fine, go if you want to go. And then we're like, see, he never cares. And that's not not a fact. That is not a fact. A fact is that his chemical makeup is making him the way a man would respond, and your chemical makeup is making you act in a way we want validation. We want, like, tell me you love me. Tell me you Mm -hmm. care about me. You picked a beast that's full of testosterone. Okay, baby girl, Mm -hmm. a beast that's full of testosterone doesn't turn the testosterone pump off and go, oh, my God, you're the prettiest flower I've ever seen in my life. I just can't wait to snuggie butt you. No, that's a girl. Okay, that's a girl. (laughs) That's what a girl does. And then he turns back on the testosterone so he can give us the best pounding of our life. But no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if you want to have a healthy relationship, there are so many things. First of all, you you need to, you must make a list of what's important in a person, not how they look. Right. but their character, right. what what do you want from a person? How do you want them to treat you? How do you want them to behave with you? What do you want them mm-hmm. to do for you? Or, you know, as a partner, mm-hmm. how do you want this partner to show up in your business? What is their role mm-hmm. in your business? Second, mm-hmm. what do you want the relationship to look like? And that is so key because if you don't know how a healthy relationship is, find people in what you think is a healthy relationship and look at that. Because so many people think, mm-hmm. well, I'll just do whatever they do. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. I'm laid back. But there are things that you like and you want to do and things that you mm-hmm. don't like and you want to be compatible. And mm-hmm. there should. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something, women. Men have deal breakers. You mm-hmm. have to have deal breakers. You have to have lines in the sand that you do not allow anyone to cross. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is the moment the line gets pushed or crossed, you've lost, and now you're at their whim. That is it. Okay. That, that it, I'm, personally, I have experienced this. 
every woman who has let that line be crossed where they said pre-relationship, they said, I would never put up with that. I would never allow that. I would never do that. Right. The moment you're in a relationship and you allow it the first time, that's the beginning of yeah. the of the of the of the, the of the lines no longer exist in your world. Now, a man, if you do something that is across their boundary, even if they're doing it to you, and I'm going to use this example because okay. it's a very common example. If you go out with a man and he stares at other women, I'm not talking about takes a quick glance at somebody. I'm talking about mm-hmm. every time you go out, they're looking at someone, staring at someone, or several women. And you know the difference between looking at an outfit, which men wouldn't look at another woman. They might look for a second, but they're not staring at it. And you Mm -hmm. think to them, that makes me very uncomfortable. I find that extremely disrespectful. I put put myself together. I I would hope your attention's on me. And they go, oh, don't be so insecure. Don't be so jealous. But if, on the other hand, you go out with that same man and you stare Mm -hmm. at somebody for a little longer mm-hmm. than well, for them, that might be a deal breaker, and they will, if you do that again, we're done. And they'll yeah. mean it. Where we'll yeah. start to justify, women will start to justify that behavior in their head. And you know what? Our friends do us the biggest disservice. Our friends do us the biggest disservice when we say, he was staring at another girl, and every time we go out, he's staring, oh, no, he's probably just looking, maybe there was something odd about that girl, maybe it was this. What your friend should be saying or what you should be saying to your friend is, how did that make you feel? Did that take away from your self-confidence, your self-worth? Did it jeopardize your integrity? Now, and here's the bigger question you have to ask your friends. Okay, he's doing this now, which means he's going to do it the whole time you're together. How long can you put up with that behavior? Because you're not changing him, baby girl. You are not changing that man, especially if you brought it up and he does it again. That is who Mm -hmm. he is. So you have to look at whatever the circumstance is, and you say, this is who he is. Can I live with this forever? And go from there. Yeah. And we have I to had, have that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, love. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was get, well, I was going to say, I had a friend. She was older than me when I lived in Chicago. I was in my 30s. She was in her maybe late 50s, 60s. She, she met a man, and he was very um, wealthy and had a great lifestyle. You know, nice man. But she started dating. He did that. He did that. He would stare, and it was so uncomfortable. He would hone in on a woman. They'd be out to dinner, and he'd hone in yeah. on one and just keep staring at it. And she, she hated it, and she used to talk to me about it. And she married him, and, she, yes, yeah, she had a great life. She traveled the world. She didn't have to pay for anything. She was secure um, because, she, you know, she didn't make a lot of money, and it, that was important to her. And You know what? But she had to put up with that uh, the whole marriage and the whole time, and it always bothered her. It was always something that was, uh, um, you know, distressful, stressful and distressful to her. Yeah, go ahead. I want want to tell you – I'm so sorry for interrupting you. I want to tell you what that is, and everybody get out a pen and a paper and and write this down. The payoff Uh was greater than the pain in that case. Ah, so okay. the payoff, yeah. now let me explain this, because the payoff isn't just the lifestyle okay. she has. For some people, it's the lifestyle. Yeah. Here's a person yeah. who said, you know what? He stares at these other women. I know exactly what he's doing. Every time we go out, I have uh-huh. to brace myself for it. But she, maybe she justified yeah. it and said, he's coming home with me every night, and he's taking very good care of me, and my self-esteem can handle this. But the payoff yeah. was greater than the pain. Now, I'm going to say this. Sometimes the payoff is not the lifestyle or the money. Sometimes the payoff mm-hmm. is, well, when we get home, we really have this bond and this connection, mm-hmm. or I love him so much, and this is the case with most women, I love him yeah. so much, I'm going to overlook this, because the payoff of my, me loving him is better than the yeah. pain of me leaving him or the pain of him staring at other women in this moment. Right. But there right. comes a point, depending on circumstances, where that dynamic 
that teeter-totter will go to the other side and the pain Mm -hmm. will become greater than the payoff. Mm -hmm. And that we're so invested and we are so bitter and then we just want to get out. And then they don't understand because we've put up with it, not not accepted it, put up with yep. it. And yep. that's why yep. I say And then it's hard yeah. to get out. It's hard to, it could be hard to it get is. out at a certain age then and you got to start all over and it's just devastating. And especially, you know, let's talk a little bit about dating in our 50s, 60s and 70s, you know. Um, how is that different and what do we, because that was that, that woman, she wasn't going to leave at 70 something, you know, and um, also a, a friend of mine who is a psychic uh, told me about a client that she had that she was now 80 and she was married to a narcissist who was in his mid eighties. They were married so long and it, she was so miserable, but she um, couldn't leave at that point. She's not going to leave at 80. And, and leave her situation and stuff. So um, the, why I do my coaching work and stuff is to get us women to, if this is what we're dealing with, if we're with in a verbally abusive situation or a situation we're just miserable and, we, and then we stick with it, stick with it, and we're, we've come to a certain age and it's like, well, what the, what's the point then to leave and then you're going to die miserable when we could have had peace. And there's nothing but, wrong with being, being on our own at 60 or 70 uh, and have peace and our nervous systems are regulated and no one is, uh, you know, constantly on our, on our back and criticizing or, uh, you know, abusing. So, yeah, so go ahead. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. I also have clients that have divorced in their seventies and sixties and they mm-hmm. say it was the best thing they ever did because by that point, the children were grown, the grandchildren are coming and they're like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to break free now because I don't want to die like this. Now that's mm-hmm. not for everybody. For anybody's personal yeah. choice is you live with your choice when you married them, stayed with them, and you live with your choice if you decide to leave them. And I am going to say this. Just because you're 60 or 70, if you divorce, you might decide, you know what, I've been through enough, I want to live alone, or I want to, you know, mm-hmm. get a place with a female friend where we are neighbors or whatever. Um, yeah. And I, I want to, before the show ends, if we have time, I want to talk mm-hmm. about this woman immune thing. So it's not what you think, but let's bring mm-hmm. that up toward the end of the show. But okay. if you stay, it, it is a choice. But I know people who are in their 60s and 70s, and 80s, they are meeting people that that mm-hmm. are good partners because, you know, at every age, people are passing mm-hmm. away. At every age, people are divorcing. At every age, people are separating. And when we get into that 60s, you know, late 50s, 60s, and above, there's a chance you're going to meet a widow or widower. And they've right. had a long-term relationship. Now, when I say this, you can laugh at me, but there's a choice. You can get a, I'm going to use the dog analogy. Okay. <laughs> so you can get a dog who's always been, you know, never been in a home, never been in the pound. And that's a dog for the streets. He's always been that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. a dog for the streets. He is never going to be housebroken girl. He is never going to be housebroken. You can bring him in your house, but he's coming in to eat your food, have a home, and move it along (laughs) because he is for the streets, and that is what he is for. If you live in a cold state, he might need some place to keep warm during the winter, but come spring, he's sprung, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the dog that was maybe abused or in a shelter. Somebody else gave him up because he didn't know how to behave. He wasn't trained. And then you take that one in thinking you can, you know, rehome him and make him into Mm -hmm. a good dog this time. But he still has his habits. And what do they say about a dog? Old habits are hard to break. Not impossible, but really hard. And you're not a psychiatrist. You can't do it. Um, But then there's that dog. Mm. And domesticated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe their partner passed away. That's the dog you want, girls. That is the dog yeah. you want. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! I want to I want to give one more analogy just because I think it's super super funny, and this goes back to having you know making that list of what I want in a man or a partner and what I want in a relationship, and this goes for both sides. Mm-hmm. And we think mm-hmm. you know we have our our dream car or our ideal vehicle. Let's just say yeah, and I right. can do this with a house too, but for this case, I'm going to use the vehicle one. Where we let's just say we want a Bentley, and that's just the the symbolism is luxury. Everything is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything is good. It's a comfortable life. It's a comfortable mm-hmm. partner. It's a partner that's mature and sophisticated a little bit. But most of mm-hmm. us end up getting a horse, and mm-hmm. we have to clean up its poop and feed it and mm-hmm. put a roof over it. But <laughs> it's not even a car. <laughs> Okay, so then we stick with it because every once in a while we get a good ride on it, okay? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So we have to put the horse out to pasture and get back to what we really want in a relationship. Uh-huh. Because if you want it, it is out there because there is no vision in your mind, whether it's work, relationship, money, there is no vision that is put within you that does uh-huh. not exist for you. And the longer yeah. that you say what is not for you, the longer mm-hmm. you you don't get what is for you. But the sooner you can, you know, and I know as, as women more so than men, we get very attached. And if we think that we could fix it, we're going to do everything we can because a lot of times mm-hmm. relationships are like our babies and we never yeah. want to give up on a child or our baby where we say, okay, this isn't what I want. I can't make it what I want. Can I live with this? Mm-hmm. If not, and we should never force ourselves to live with something that's uncomfortable or we're not happy yet. And, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's just the fact that that is just mm-hmm. the fact because if you're, here's the bigger thing I say, too, is if this isn't your person, if this person isn't making you happy in all ways, he belongs mm-hmm. to somebody. There's somebody else that mm. will be so with this person and treat them mm. so good because they're a match. But on the same breath, yeah. there's somebody else that's going to be your match. So let go of what doesn't work and let them go to their yeah. match. And bring in your match because that is going to be yeah. the most beautiful thing to see. It might hurt a little to let this person go, but whenever mm-hmm. I have to end something, I always say, I want this person to be as happy as I want to be. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. let it yeah. go. You know, yes, because, because I don't wish them ill because it didn't work out. It didn't work out right. because it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that a lot of people will like, oh, I hope they, you know, just screw them and I hope they're going to get their karma and a lot of anger with it. But we got to give people grace because if they're if it's not working out, it, yeah, we we can release with love and say, okay, well, I'm, I want to be happy and I'd like them to be happy. And it could it hurt a lot, but it's just such a better place to be and such a better opportunity for you to get on the frequency of calling in someone that is aligned with you instead of anger because if you're angry and hateful and telling people what a jerk they were or are it's you're going to get more of the same and so we've got to do that we've just got to and and I was thinking about this this morning Uh, a lot of people will say well you know your relationship failed or it didn't work out or how can you or, or how can you be a matchmaker and you've had three marriages and how can you and it's um we came here all of us have unique especially our childhood if we look at our childhood each of us could say, well, I had an alcoholic dad or I was abused or I was bullied in school or my parents got divorced or I wasn't, um, you know, I was in a foster care. I wasn't taking care of what we all have some kind of trauma that has informed how we pick our future uh, partners. And and it's going to be messy. It's going to be painful, but it's a learning. Earth's a school. And so I just say, okay, well, I learned this with that person, and I worked through my trauma with that one, and our wounds matched on that, emotional wounds matched here or there. And I don't see it as as failure at all. I, no. It's part of life. It's part, part, of, part of the adventure. 
and just part of moving on. If you if you didn't work out at a job and you got some a better job, you're not gonna say, Well, I failed at that other job, I was a failure. No, you're moving on to where you're supposed to be. So don't beat yourself up if 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 because I've heard people you talk know, about that. Oh, it, I failed. Yeah. You know, Marla, I'm gonna give you a couple of examples here and then some really yep. big things for people to really embrace. First of all, okay. In the 1950s, we were expected to stay with somebody for the rest of our life. In the 40s, it was yeah. it was unheard of. No matter what happened, the person could abuse you. The person could do whatever, and we just had to stay. We didn't have a choice. Now, yeah. as we progress in time, that obviously is not the case. And I have this – there's so so much I want to say about this, but I've always had this belief or this understanding or knowing that we have contracts here or agreements mm-hmm. that millennials ago, these agreements were made millennials ago before our first existence. And if you don't believe mm-hmm. for a second existence, just go with this existence. And these agreements say, I'm going to be with this person for this time, this person, and whether it's to come in and learn about love and everything, everything, everything is learning about love. But whatever, what people mistake is it's not love from or of another person. It is love of ourself. So when we are in a relationship, yeah. how much do we let that self-love get compromised? How much, how far will we go before we say, okay, you, I love me like this. Somebody came in who loved me like that, but wait, I don't like the way you love me, but that's the way I love myself. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know that until the end. So everything is to show us, listen, if this person isn't loving us the way we want to be loved, and it's never about the other person, it's always about us, it is never about the other person, it is always about, oh, you don't like it, well, then they're not loving you to your standards, walk away. You don't have to stay because of your so-called love for them. You have to go because of your true love to yourself. But then beyond that, there are agreements that we've made possibly that we're going to be with this this friend or this partner or this job for this long. And, again, it is to teach us, to help us to fully encompass love for ourselves. And I always say if you are not growing in love, you are growing apart. And if you are not growing in love, Mm -hmm. you are not supposed to be in that because in the end, thing we want, on this planet, on this plane, is love, but not love of another. Mm -hmm. Yes, when we're in that love for another, we will expand and be able to create growth, probably for that person and not for us. And I've experienced that a lot um, in Uh in a particular relationship that, you know, whatever. But when we have true love for ourselves and everybody who comes in, matches that and it might not be a lot of people because true love for self mm-hmm. you know we're all striving for that we can create and grow abundance in every area of our life and that is truly mm-hmm. what it is about so when people say how could you say you have three failed relationships and i don't mm-hmm. like when people say if a relationship ends i failed or you failed there is no such Thing as failure in, mm-hmm. in my book what if a transitional um a transformational journey it's all these open-ended mm-hmm. questions and what if we came here and everything is like an amusement park we ride this ride mm-hmm. and if we like it we get mm-hmm. to stay on the ride or ride it again mm-hmm. but if we don't we just mm-hmm. don't want it again but we don't know until we get there and people change when they're in a relationship, they get mm-hmm. more into who they are. If they don't love themselves, they become less loving towards themselves, which means they become yeah. less loving towards us because you cannot give what you intrinsically do not have. Now, I'm going to yeah. say this, and it's very <clears throat> important. There is no such thing as failure on this, no matter mm-hmm. what you do career, life, death, 
no matter what, you cannot fail. Everything is an experience that we are experiencing, and we are just supposed to analyze if we like that experience or we did not like that experience. And why in the world do we stay in experiences that we do not like when we do not have control of them and we do not have control of other people? Now, people think, I'm going to change that person. But what if that person is exactly who that person is supposed to be in the divine eye, and we're not supposed to change that person because if we don't like certain things about that person, again, that person is not for us. They're for somebody else. And then we have to say, okay, this was a really good experience. However, I don't like this part of the experience. This experience is changing how I feel about myself or who I am. So I'm going to opt out of this experience and start a new experience. And when we change Mm. the verbiage, if we just change a few words, if we just change that verbiage, it's a whole different dynamic. Now, here's the other thing. If you never married the person and you were in a Mm -hmm. 20-year relationship, people would say, oh, Mm -hmm. my gosh, you lasted 20 years in that relationship. But because you slap a piece of paper on it, Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, we think it's a big, oh, my God, now I can't leave because I put this piece of paper on it. No, Mm -hmm. no, it's like a house. You buy a house. When the house no longer serves you, you sell it. You let it go. And don't think I'm being very crass about this, but nobody is put on this plane, on this planet, to stay in something that is not helping them grow. If you are not growing, if you are not experiencing in joy, and not every day is joyful, Mm -hmm. and I get that, but if you are not doing that, if it's become uh, the teeter has tottered to the other side and you're just existing in, like, Mm -hmm. I can't wait till this person dies so I can collect their retirement. Oh, for the love of God, (laughs) get out because you might die first. Oh yeah. God, get out. Dude, shit. <laughs> god. Oh. oh my gosh. God, Tony, this has been so good. What a great conversation. And um so I did put I did put uh how people can connect with you, but it, it's www Tony G, so T O N I G dot info and that's your website, correct? Correct, love it is. Okay, so Tony does private, uh, she does readings, uh, healings. Um, anything else you want to add there about what you're doing um, and what people can do yeah, with you? I'm a psychic medium, so I can help you connect with loved ones on the other side. I channel and um, I answer questions about love, life, career, any aspect of your life at all. And I'm also mm-hmm. a hypnotist at healer because I believe if we're in a relationship, like Marla said earlier, if we're in a relationship mm-hmm. and we're learning, you know, um, our wounds are matching wounds. We keep getting in uh, the same relationship with a different person and it ends up being abusive, whether it's psychological, emotional, like if we're keeping attracted to what we call narcissists, what we keep being attracted to what we call bipolar or whatever it is, um, heal mm-hmm. that. I know Marla does healing. I do hypnosis. I do healing. Mm-hmm. Let's heal it so that we don't repeat the cycle. And the other thing I just want to say, Marla, is, you know, the last relationship I was in, rather than looking at the, you know, this person is blah, 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 I would look and go, okay, I'm experiencing jealousy. I'm going to clear the jealousy. Okay, I'm experiencing mm-hmm. abandonment. I'm going to clear, I'm going to heal my abandonment. Okay, I'm experiencing mm-hmm. whatever it was until I, and, you know, we're never there. We can forever be working on ourselves until I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I have healed so much because I looked at all, whatever they did, and then I said, okay, this is the feeling I'm getting. Where does that feeling come from? Okay, probably childhood, maybe my first relationship. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I just worked on it from there. And and then in working on it 
in myself, I know the, the next relationship that I get into will be maybe so much healthier because now I'm healthier. So that's important yeah. too. So yeah, Marla does a lot of healing work and coaching is so mm-hmm. important to know, like, am I expecting too much or not enough? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, it's the boundaries work that changed. I had a gal who, uh, Elena, who I, she was my first boundary coaching client. It was like, I don't know, a few years ago. And she uh, had reached out to me. She said, I, at 50 years old, I've never had a, a, a healthy relationship. I always pick narcissists. I'm a doormat. I am always verbally abused. I, I, I don't know how to get around it. These are the guys I pick. I, and so she did my 12 week one-on-one boundary coaching. And afterwards, I mean, this was amazing. She shortly after, I mean, within a few months, she contacted me and said, Marla, and she posted it on my Facebook and everything. She says, for the first time in my life, I'm in a healthy relationship. We're traveling. We're having a blast. In the past, this guy would have been too plain for me, too boring. He would have been too normal. I wouldn't have picked him. But since I did all this, the, the work with you on it, um, I'm in a great relationship. And she's still with him. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, just that was worth it, all my, you know, training oh on my, this. So, yeah, I it love, was great. So I love it. It doesn't matter. How, yeah. Yes, and we have we have to learn it. I mean, I learned everything so late for myself. I mean, I was in three, you know, four relationship with narcissistic type of men who it was a verbal and emotional abuse. But I had to take the responsibility for staying, picking the guys, and staying and marrying them or moving in with them. But I wasn't. I didn't know. I just didn't have the tools. I didn't know what was going on, and I took all of that pain and often say, "Well, they're 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 jerks." But I really looked. I think it's important. And it's not like victim shaming, but we're not victims. We can make those choices for ourselves and move on, like buy a new house, move out of that house, move out of that experience. And But often we need support to do that. So, yeah, if you guys want to reach out to Tony or myself or both of us, feel free to do so. We're here to help you. I'm on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker and on TikTok. Um, and, Tony, you, you post on TikTok a lot and, and, and Instagram. Yeah. What, what's your name on What's your name on TikTok and Instagram? So my name on TikTok is at Psychic Tony, and it's all healing. So if you go there, um, well, not all. There are a couple that are not healing, but it's a healing for PTSD. It's a healing for trauma. Today I said um, a healing for um, what no longer serves us. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's all these different... um, all these different healings there. And, and Marla, I, I just want to, if I can go back to something that you said, I, um, spirit was giving me this great message, um, on something mm-hmm. you said, I want to say this, um, we come into this existence that we're in right now and we come into it to evolve. And sometimes, yeah. and I'm not making an excuse for being with narcissists, or justifying their behavior or our acceptance of it. But when we are brought up in a certain type of dynamic, and then that mm-hmm. is what is comfortable to us. So when we yes. have not healed that childhood um, upbringing or things that happened in our childhood upbringing or in our teenagers, then we will meet people on that same frequency not mm-hmm. to punish us or to repeat the cycle, but to point out, look, this is happening and it's triggering me or it's making me feel a certain way. So let's heal that. And then to be able to move on from there, but not to live in it forever, even though that's right. feel, uh, what feels comfortable. Sometimes I, I see this meme that always says, um, we are attracted to what feels like home. And I added yeah. to this meme, and I said, just make sure what feels like home is safe and healthy. Because yeah. we, yes, some of I us, love that. Yeah. our home was our home, and at the time we may not have know, known how unfunctional it was or how yeah. certain things were not. Like, uh, for example, it <laughs> 
I can't believe I'm going to say this on air. But when I was um, growing up, my stepfather, uh, I don't even know if I should. They would be, they don't listen to me. They don't like my work. Um, he would not speak for days in the house. And we never uh-huh. talked at And I just thought that was normal. So when I yeah. was at somebody else's house for dinner, and I didn't do that a lot mm-hmm. as a child, Mm-hmm. But the first time I went mm-hmm. to somebody's house for dinner and they were talking at dinner, like I almost had a breakdown. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was like, Ooh, we're not supposed mm. to talk at dinner. We don't know what his mood is yet. You know? Right. Yeah. Like my brain was exploding with whatever you do, just don't talk, you know? Right. So, right. Um, and so we're, we have these programs and these beliefs that run inside of us, and relationships are there to help us heal or unpack all of that into a healthier dynamic. So it's never mm-hmm. a failure. And when we leave here, part of us being here is to evolve into an all-knowing, all-being person with no judgment. Mm-hmm. Let me say again. When we leave here, by the time we finish our cycle on this plane, mm-hmm. we want to yep. be evolved into an all uh, an all knowing, all being per, being with no judgment. We want to have wow. no judgment for what happened because if we truly believe that our ancestors get to be angels up there, well, then they had yeah. to get to a place of non judgment. Uh-huh. Which is non emotional yep. non emotionalness. Being able to look at something so pinpoint and not say you're right, you're wrong, because nobody's right and nobody's wrong. Again it goes back to we are having experiences. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. It's so good. All right. Well we will continue this conversation on another podcast and thank you, Tony, for being oh, with God. me and I'm Yeah. All right. So connect with us, everybody, and look forward to uh, uh, being with you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, marlamartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.